Welcome back to the Evolution Show. I'm your host, Johan Angrian. Today I'm with you from the countryside. In fact, I'm sitting here in my beekeeping shed. That's why you see a lot of stuff in here. It acts as my temporary studio because of the state of things. Today I have a really inspiring guest with me, Maria Holmberg from the Swedish company Climon. They have developed a pioneering technology that turns wasted heat into electricity. It's already in operations in everything from large ships to industrial facilities and on geothermal locations. She's going to tell us how the technology works and how it can help us combat climate change. Join us for an inspiring conversation on sustainable energy, electric transports and sustainable living. And don't forget, give us a thumbs up if you like the show and consider subscribing. Now, let's get going with the conversation here on The Evolution Show. Welcome to The Evolution Show, Maria Holmberg. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure yeah. to be here. Yeah. It's a little bit different format, uh, trying something new, but I think this will be fine. Um, you are the regional manager at uh, Climon in Sweden, a really exciting company I've been following for a couple of years now. Uh, we're going to get into all the technology and everything, but perhaps we could start with you. Could you share a little bit about your background? Why did you become interested in, in Climon and where did you work and so on? Yes, yeah, so uh, in the background, I'm an engineer in computer science, and uh, I've always had like a really strong drive to work with something that was good for the planet or for humanity. So it might sound like a cliche, but it has really been important for me. So uh, I worked for a long time in healthcare IT, so that was just great, and we really felt every day going to work that we increased effectiveness in healthcare so that we can actually save lives. Uh, and that was, of course, very motivating. Um, but then I got the opportunity to join an AI startup uh, called Wati, or Wadi, um, also here in Stockholm. And our aim was to help fight climate change by changing the way that people use energy at home. So we could provide insight in how you use your energy at home, and then people could you know, save on their electricity and you know make uh, a good impact on the environment great i i'm really curious i could talk i think a whole program about ai with you because it's one of my interests as well i'm actually researching a little bit on a book uh, on the ai team so but that, we will come back a little bit to that i think as well during this program uh just a little bit for people who don't know climb on uh, i noticed i mean i i read an article a couple of years ago before um, uh, Climon was uh, founded. I, it was uh, founded 2011, right? I think. Exactly. Yeah. I, I read something like this that Thomas Oerström, the CEO and one of the founders, he was visiting Beijing and he was standing at a crossing and watching in, in this myriad of people going everywhere, doing their regular business. And he was thinking about climate, the climate crisis um, ahead of us. And he, he thought like, this is not going to work. People are just going about like nothing is happening. And uh, so, you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, he was looking at, at different uh, different technologies, I think. And he met this guy called Joachim Karthäuser, uh, a chemist. And they together, f I think, founded Climon, something like that, right? 
Exactly. So Joachim was actually the neighbor of Thomas. So oh. uh, when he came back there from Beijing, so all the smog and just as you said, just realized that he needed to do something about it. Um, so he and Joachim started talking on the street and actually drawing with chalks on the pavement about how the system would work. Um, so that's how they arrived at the unique climate technology. So yeah. which allows us to use kind of low heat uh, power into low heat into power. Yeah, because that was obviously my next question. I mean. Could you tell us a little bit what's the basic what's what's climate technology about and how does it work for people who don't know anything about climate yeah exactly so we have we kind of use hot water on one side and cold water on another side and then we use the temperature difference to generate electricity so that's like a super short explanation yeah and, and with one module we can produce uh, currently about 150 kilowatts uh, so that corresponds to charging 250,000 mobile phones a day or 250 Swedish households. Um, so the principle of the machine is actually not that new. It's uh, based on the ORC principle, where ORC stands for Organic Ranking Cycle. So we, um, we actually use the hot side to create pressure by boiling off a working media in the, in the system. And then on the cold side, we condense the same working media. So that way we create a pressure, um, difference in pressure between, we make it flow from the hot side to the cold side. And then if you put a turbine in between, you can use that mechanical energy and turn it into electric energy. Yeah, it's a great, uh, a great idea. And I was uh, really inspired. And when I read about this technology from the beginning, I thought like, this sounds really interesting. And uh, could you tell us about some installations, some projects you have or customers you have using this technology today? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I can describe a little bit of, we are operating mainly in three segments. So I can give you some, ex some examples of all three segments. Um, so we work in the industrial segment um, and the geothermal segment and mar maritime segment. Uh, and actually, it's quite interesting because looking at the industrial and maritime segment, uh, about 50% of the energy consumed is wasted as heat. So there are, there's a huge waste and also a huge potential. So we actually started off uh, mostly within the maritime segment with the reference installations in Viking Line, for Viking Line uh, in their cruise ship. So we kind of use the waste heat from the ship engine and then turn it into electricity so that it can power the electricity on board of the ship. And uh, later on, we got uh, some very important um, orders from Richard, Sir Richard Branson's uh, cruise line, uh, Virgin Voyages, uh, where he was building completely new ship together with Fincantieri in Italy. So there, uh, actually now, just in February, um, the first of these ships, the Scarlet Lady, left the harbour of Genova and uh, went to the UK, New York, and then down to Miami, where it's going to uh, be in traffic in the Caribbean. Uh, so there are six climate units on board on that ship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we have uh, recently got another order from a Norwegian uh, cruise line, which is called Havila where we, they aim to build the most sustainable ships uh, on the market. Mm -hmm. So they will also have, when you go on Kustrutten, like by the Norwegian fjords, 
the lights and the ship will be kind of powered by Climon. So, so that's you're using the um, um, uh, the spare um, um, energy, the the heat, the wasted heat to turn it into electricity on board the ships. But is that uh, primarily to run the electricity on board when they're in the staying at the harbor? Is it also running the machines, helping to run the machines and and decrease the fuel in that way? How does it work? So it's also used when they are in traffic. So okay. for the um, yeah for uh, uh, the lights and the fridges and the sound systems and everything. But you have other applications as well. I, I recently I read in your annual report that just came out um, that you also have uh, one installation coming up uh, a power plant in Japan. Uh, and you're also looking into new markets like the US, for example. And Iceland, of course, is you already have, I think, uh, two power plants, right? Exactly. So um, within the geothermal segment, which is uh, very interesting because it's just like heat underground, just waiting there to be explored. Um, and we have, uh, we did, we started running uh, the first power plant in Iceland uh, last year. So that installation has been really important for, for us uh, because it has been able to show um, the, the people on Iceland that it works and how it works and it has made our customer, Varma Orca, um, able to show how their vision. So they, it has actually been really important and now we are, um, they are building the next two power plants with the climate units. Mm -hmm. So in total there, there was an order of 197 units yeah. in total in Iceland. And uh, as you mentioned, Japan uh, is also really interesting um, where we, about two weeks ago, so it was just after the annual report was released, started uh, uh, running it officially. Uh, and uh, that has been a huge milestone for us because everybody who has tried to get into the Japanese market knows that it's a very difficult geographical market, very rewarding, but also very difficult. Um, but we are really proud because in just two years we were able to set up a subsidiary, create a great team and make the first installation start to deliver power to the grid. Um, mm -hmm. and we had to go through 11 different certifications in Japanese to be able to do this. And it's, it's a great achievement that we're really, really, really proud of. So one of your projects is in um, Iceland and where you utilize geothermal heat. And uh, for me, uh, it's really interesting. And I wonder just how does it work? Because uh, if you think about a general power plant, it's already, I mean, if you use, if you think about the temperature coming up from the ground, so to speak, in, in, in Iceland, it, the heat is already, it's really high, high um, temperature. So are you utilizing that high temperature directly or are you using the wasted heat from an already installed power plant? Uh, your modules, so to speak, the low temperature uh, that you can utilize. So the systems that we install in Iceland, they actually use it directly from the ground. Uh, and that's what also what we do in Japan. Um, but as, uh, as you have uh, grasped also, it's possible to actually put the climate unit after higher temperature power plants, where they have decreased the temperature, but where they are not able to utilize that last step. So that's what's called a bottoming cycle. And we could be play a part in that to actually increase the effectiveness of the um, installed power plants. Um, so that is uh, one thing. But also if you look at kind of the available uh, geothermal heat 
on the globe, across the globe, um, there are much more places where it's available in low temperature heat yeah. and high temperature heat. So it kind yeah. of expands the possibility to work on a global scale. Yeah, we can mention for people to understand, like for the Swedish audience, for example, I live, I'm in Dalarna right now and uh, I know that in Borlänge, SSAB has at least one of your modules. I, don't, I, I read that they were thinking about the second one, so I don't know the current, I'm not really updated on that, but uh, they, it's, it's a huge um, uh, industrial area where they have a lot of heat uh, in using on a daily, that's, that's wasted basically. Uh, but you have installed uh, a module there, so and they were, I think, uh, really, uh, it worked so well. So they were actually, uh, yeah, they were ordering a second one. I, perhaps you can tell me what happened there. Yeah, of course. So uh, the industrial segment is also uh, very important for us. And SSAB was also one of our first installations already in 2015. And um, we actually recently were granted um, uh, a grant from the Swedish Energy Agency for about 12 million crowns to kind of further develop the how we extract that waste heat from the steel industry yeah. uh, by using a steam turbine, for example. Uh, and um, uh, so that will be very exciting to look into. So there are many industries that just waste a lot of heat that just goes up in chimneys or out in the rivers. Yeah. So just to clarify, uh, on a general global basis, uh, you're primarily focusing on wasted energy from industrial applications. It could be, uh, yeah, in factories and so on, but it also could be in in, in shipping, for example. And we have huge engines and so on, uh, applications that simply have a lot of uh, wasted heat that's not utilized normally. Uh, but you can you can use it directly as well if you have a source like geothermal that's uh, the temperature is sort of within your span of uh, what you can use is that is that a correct uh, description yeah absolutely i would say that and actually one interesting also application is within what's called gensets so these are basically uh, power plants using combustion engines but instead of in like it's basically like ship engines, but on land. And that's used, for example, on islands where they're not maybe connected to the national grid. Um, and it's also used now in certain markets where they get a more renewable power. So you have a lot of wind, you have a lot of solar, which fluctuates over time. So then they install these genset power plants to kind of stabilize the grid and to have a guaranteed energy, uh, energy available. So, there we can actually put in climate units to increase their efficiency. So we use there, just like we're doing with the ships, we use that, um, that wasted heat to generate electricity, either to run the plant or to provide it to the grid. So it really makes them save on fuel and increase efficiency. So that's also a very interesting application. And we will probably see more of these gensets as it becomes more renewable. Awesome. Yeah, it's a perfect bridge to my next question because I was thinking about in some areas, uh, some countries, some regions, uh, you don't have, you have different sources of energy and in this, um, in this channel we're discussing different uh, sustainable solutions to the climate crisis and um, could you see a combination where you have, for example, solar energy with uh, battery storage uh, that, that's, you know, could cover some percentage of your, your demand combining it with, let's say, um, your um, climate modules, uh, heat modules, uh, and also wind, for example. Could you see this kind of palette of uh, different um, heat uh, and electricity and some power sources for sustainable energy uh, being combined? 
Yeah, absolutely. I totally I totally believe that we're part of an ecosystem and that we will be that in the future as well. Um, so if you look at solar and wind, as we were saying, it's intermittent, it goes up and down. You can't really rely on it being able when you need it. So the advantage of heat power is that it's kind of stable, it provides this base load. So I think we could play an important part in, for example, stabilizing the grid um, mm -hmm. and um, also to, um, yeah, to, to give that the base load. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it's contradictory at all to use it together with other technologies. So if you look at a lot of industries now, they have solar panels on the roof, etc. I mean, we can definitely be part of that and be used together with batteries and such. So I think, for example, one interesting uh, application could be to use the heat from a district heating tank to manage peaks in effect. So if you have like a high load on the system, you could actually, what's usually used for the district heating could be used for shorter periods for, um, to, to power the grid instead. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of regional grids that already kind of struggle with, uh, uh, with how to balance the grid. So that could definitely be an application. And then I also think that looking at um, on the, the hot side of our system, when it comes out, it's like 10 degrees uh, colder, but it's still kind of hot water. So it's like 70 degrees or something. So that water in turn could be used, for example, to heat up greenhouses. Mm -hmm. So uh, where you could get more locally produced food that you would normally not get uh, to, to a reasonable price. And I think that's important both from a sustainability perspective um, and also maybe for national security reasons, it's good to kind of have that possibility. Yeah. And that's kind of circular flow. That's what we're looking for now. So it's like combining, looking at the, connecting the dots, which is also kind of the main theme of this channel to, to see how the big picture, it's really important, I think. Um, okay. So, but, uh, in climates, in the climate's annual report, uh, you estimate that the company has saved about 4,000 tons of CO2. Uh, so far uh, with your climb on heat modules uh, and to be fair i mean that's about 500 swedes um, uh, emissions on, right now so it's not really you know huge in that perspective but where do you see your operations in say five years compared to today because i know you have a you have set the bar and you're you really want you're aiming much higher obviously so you're starting from a small, small, um, small uh, impact, of course, at the moment, uh, but still an impact. Really important to say. Uh, so if you look ahead, what what you, would you see um, as your aim uh, in terms of decreasing emissions? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, th I think it's a really good question, and I think that, uh, of course, we were founded with this like strong drive to create a sustainable world for the next generations. So we want to make a real impact on uh, carbon dioxide emissions, definitely. So of course we aim at a tire and we're just in the beginning of this. Um, so yeah, definitely many have expectations on us. Uh, and I mean, one thing that has been really important for us is the collaboration with Breakthrough Energy Ventures, which is the tech fund that was founded by Bill Gates uh, that has invested in our partner Baseload. And, um, their aim for the companies they invest in is that they should uh, decrease carbon dioxide emissions with 1% by the year of 2050. So that's like a very high target. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that that's where we're going to be in five years, but that's like 
it's going to be very difficult to reach, but that, that's what, it doesn't hurt to try. No, no, no. So but then we can perhaps elaborate. I mean, you have Japan, you're working, you're working right now, you're, right now, you already have two plants. You have one uh, that's recently, that recently came online in Japan. Uh, you're looking into US, but if you look on a globally, if you look, look globally, where could you see other markets that could potentially be using your heat waves in the next couple of years? And uh, how could that perhaps uh, increase your, your impact in terms of emissions? And of course, also people's um, self-sufficiency on, on energy, which is also really important. Yeah, so uh, first of all, when we want to enter new markets, we look at the accessible heat. So uh, then maybe more from a geothermal perspective, but also like in the industries, what kind of industries do they have and what does the energy situation look like for this particular market? And then one, of course, one important factor is the electricity price as well. Uh, so, but we kind of chosen to focus on a few markets and grow within that. Um, but I mean, as you say, we see potential in other markets such as the US and Canada. Um, I think in Europe, Germany, Hungary are very interesting markets. Um, and then also moving further away, it's uh, Taiwan and New Zealand that are really interesting for us. Yeah. And that's because they have geothermal um, energy, you know, naturally flowing, so to speak. But also when you say Germany, I, I guess you're looking at their economy, basically, that they have a lot of industries with a lot of wasted heat that could be used. Is that correct? Yeah. Correct. And also quite high energy prices. And I mean, they're, yeah. you know, uh, shutting down nuclear power plants as well. So, I mean, I think all over Europe, there's this want and need to kind of... Uh, change the energy system and i can uh, i can mention that the, you have the annual report out as already so people can uh, i'll put a link uh, in the descriptions below obviously to that uh, so people can look into that uh, but as as an investor uh, i was early on um, interested in, in climon uh, before you were uh, actually was were listed uh, and i've been following it since and i think that's it's part of uh, a, a portfolio uh, on for the future that, with technologies I think that are very promising uh, when it comes to sustainable energy addressing the climate crisis and also energy sufficiency self-sufficiency because if you look at the current crisis we're in uh, we have realized that there are both pros and cons with globalization and some things that we think I think we will learn from this is um, to have your own energy systems uh, being safe and also perhaps your food production and so on is um, closer to home is, is obviously a no-brainer, I think. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to, to you know, have trade with each other, but it's, it's kind of a common sense, I think. We have forgotten a little bit in the just-in-time system we've built. And I think that's also something uh, that companies like you will learn from because you, you are dependent on suppliers of of things and sometimes you have to look through that chain but that's that's also uh, another topic i think but okay uh, let's move on um what do you think make climons heat modules uh, different from other technologies because that's also kind of an obvious question people wonder okay what do what's your competition uh, are there other companies with similar products could you say something about that yeah, so I would say that in the ORC segment, so the organic ranking cycle, um, there are uh, other players in the market. But I would say that we differentiate ourselves by using the lower temperatures. Um, and we also have a very high efficiency of 10% um, and above, which for the, an ORC is unique. It's very, very good. Um, 
But I would say that uh, the main competitor is the status quo, so that the customer decides not to do anything with their waste heat. Um, so that is definitely, I would say, the, the biggest uh, competitor. Um, and but I would also say that what what we see that the customers look at it's like the highest CO two saving per euro spent in investments. So that's something that we have to look at and see, like how do we compare to to solar or to changing to LED lights or stuff like that. Um, but I think that actually, once again, we're part of an ecosystem. So a, a customer rarely wants to do just one initiative, but one initiative they take can actually open up for other initiatives. So it can, their savings that they make can actually make them invest in other uh, technologies. So, I mean, the climate solution helps you save money on electricity, for example. So that's, that money can be used to invest in other green solutions as well. Yeah. So, but I would also say that the base power here is like a truly diversifying factor. The, the fact that we can actually provide this um, energy over time in a stable way so that you're not depending on the weather. No. Uh, and that's uh, really a differentiator. Yeah, and that's I couldn't agree more. I think uh, if you compare uh, solar energy and wind energy, they are not base load energy, but they are really good if you combine them with something that is base load, which is which is what you have. Uh, I, I, look, I looked to another company called Minesto, also Swedish, that are also providing, uh, but they're working on on the sea uh, sea energy side and so on, and, and the currents in the in the water in the, in the sea uh, underwater underwater currents. Um, so that's also an interesting um, kind of thing. But as you said, base load is you have to you remind yourself that we're talking about base load energy, in which is stable over time, over over the year, basically. Uh, because otherwise you have you know more wind during the winter for example uh, you have in Sweden um, I, we just installed solar solar um, solar roof here uh, at my family's house and it's been fantastic you know from like March and, and onwards uh, seeing it increase and so on but we also know that in February January and December we don't so have so much sun in Sweden and then it's not enough to run the whole um, household with just sun so, uh, so it's yeah, it's really important to to look into both ba base load and uh, intermittent energy sources. So that's yeah. Uh, but if you look ahead, then are you still? Um, if you talk about uh, if we talk about competition uh, in the next three to five years, uh, would you say that it's in the base load segment within sustainable energies that perhaps your competition, or as I would maybe think, and this is just based on the supply and demand, that the next couple of years. Uh, the market is so big for uh, sustainable energy that I would not talk about so much competition and more about, you know, sharing um, an energy market that is growing. The demand will be higher than the supply. That, that just, that's just what I think. Uh, how do you look at this? Yeah, but I, I totally agree. I mean, there's uh, some forecasts say that we will increase energy usage by 30% in the coming years while we at the same time have to decrease our uh, carbon dioxide emissions. Yeah. So um, I definitely think that working smart, working together and finding these ecosystems is really the key to, to success and to, yeah, to find where, where you can, where this base power can be a true differentiator as well. Yeah. Okay, but let's move on to, to my last question, which is something quite different, but I think very important to, to keep in mind during these really uh, in interesting times. Um, if you think about 
the future. And if you look about the current development, another trend outside sustainable energy is, of course, AI, which is basically included in all kinds of industries. You can't just ignore that and put that aside. It, it has to be front and center. And uh, most companies seem to, to go that way. And uh, you also have a background in that. So it's interesting to hear your answer. Here. But basically, what, what can you say, tell us anything about Climan? Are you using data today? Of course, learning from that. And are you using some form of AI tool uh, to help you with that? Or are you looking perhaps, if, you, if, you're, if you're not doing that now, are you looking into that uh, in the future, do you think, that you will use some AI tool to perhaps improve on your uh, technology, uh, looking at customers and so on? Yes, yeah, so um, right now we have a lot of sensors uh, in the system collecting that precious data that you know is like the gold for uh, within AI, it's just the data. Uh, so that's provided to our monitoring system that's called Climate Live so that we can always keep an eye on what's happening on the installations that we have out there. So, and I think that the way that AI will be used uh, for us is uh, for maintenance, of course, predictive maintenance and, you know, take action before a problem occurs, etc. But I also think that it will be very important for us to be able to provide that data to our customers because they will want to integrate our solution into their, um, into their ecosystems. So I, I suppose that that's where it could, could come in the future. Yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing that if you can customize, uh, you know, everything for your you know, unique customer, their setting, their supply, their demand, their energy uh, situation, it, of course, it can improve a lot of things. Uh, so you sort of, um, yeah, building it on that. So that makes, makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that was uh, really interesting. Um, if you look at AI, uh, it's happening so fast now. It's like uh, exponential development all the time. Uh, do you see anything more uh, you can use AI for uh, in for Climon or in your market that you haven't used already? Uh, good question. I mean, I think with the data, you, uh, for example, be able, being able to show different flows in water and temperature, that could definitely be something that it's, I can't really say right now you can be used for this or this or that, but it yeah. just opens up a lot of opportunities for how to help our customers. Uh, yeah. Also to understand when is the load higher, lower, and how can they tune their processes if it's an industry, for example. Yeah. Okay, but uh, if anyone is interested in, in, in Climon, uh, it could be customers or curious people uh, like me interested in sustainable energy, how can they contact you and how, um, what's the best way to reach out to Climon? So I would say our homepage, of course, uh, then we're quite active on uh, LinkedIn. So those are two ways that I think that you can interact with us and find a lot of information. Right now, of course, there are not that many events or things where, uh, which usually makes it a bit easier to, to bump into people. But uh, our homepage, uh, climate.com, is, of course, the place to find more information. And feel yeah. free to contact us. Okay, Maria, that I think uh, I've learned a lot and I think uh, it looks promising and I, I, something I will bring with me from this is uh, that it's a base load energy. Uh, it's easy to forget that uh, when you distinguish different kinds of sustainable energy is that you are actually supplying a base load energy and that's something that we really need. Um, we can't only have battery storage and so on. We need to have uh, something that's reliable over you know, the different seasons over the year. 
so that's something that I bring with me and think it's really interesting. Um, something that I sometimes forget, actually. So that's a, that's a really interesting thing. Uh, thank you for this conversation. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this conversation, feel free to check out previous episodes with other inspiring guests and continue the conversation in the comments below. In the next episode, we'll talk to one of the leaders behind another Swedish company that is developing a technology for the sailing industry that can become a renaissance for the sailing and shipping industry with completely fossil-free transports on the sea. As always, we appreciate your feedback. Was it good or bad? If you like the show, consider subscribing. I hope to see you next week. <laughs>